The Money Show. Ad feature with Andy Rice. But first, that Andy Rice is with us this evening on the line tonight. Guerrilla marketing. I thought guerrilla marketing had gone the way of yuxke and um, other things that most people nowadays don't want to play anymore. Um, guerrilla marketing was, was so, what, early 2000s? Well, it, it was, I think it would still be around more today if it wasn't so very difficult to do it and stay within the law. Um, guerrilla marketing is often called ambush marketing, Bruce. And uh, as that name implies, uh, it, well, they both do, guerrilla and ambush. It's not exactly um, squeaky clean, usually. And one of the things that stopped the use of uh, ambush marketing or guerrilla marketing um, is uh, the laws surrounding the use of intellectual property. And, of course, you're uh, likely to want to quote or, or depict your principal competitors when you're doing ambush marketing. Otherwise, how else does anyone know who you're having a go at? And the Trademarks Act uh, is one of those pieces of legislation that complicates life for ambush marketers. It basically prohibits the use of any intellectual property owned by any other party uh, without their permission. So since the plan usually is to trash the opposition with your ambush marketing, it doesn't seem very likely that if you phoned up the, the, the target of your, of your ambush and, and asked them for permission to use their logo or their payoff line, uh, you're unlikely to be successful. So it's, it's more difficult to do ambush marketing and guerrilla marketing, but there are events that happen and campaigns that run that might be considered at least close to that. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's that's what we what we're going to be talking about now in terms of um, zero is is the uh, is the guerrilla marketing. Be, be, before we before we get there, because this is a deliciously bad example of guerrilla marketing. It really is a, an appalling example, and I want to relish it and enjoy it because I think I'm going to. Um, but but I mean, I was under the impression that guerrilla marketing was you you went to a concert and it was sponsored by Coca Cola, and therefore no other company's products would be allowed to be anywhere near it. And, Somehow, you know, you've got 30 people doing a flash mob or a dance or waving Pepsi um, banners in the audience as a mechanism to get Pepsi's name out and get lots of attention. I mean, that was my understanding of guerrilla marketing. Yes, and that's certainly a very good example of it. And, and one of the reasons why that uh, technique, if you can call it that, great, give it that, that high uh, word, um, <laughs> is, is the fact that it is... Um, uh, considered to be not really very good to do guerrilla marketing. It's not the way we play the game. But, of course, there are always going to be brands around who, who relish the fact that they, um, uh, they're not playing the game. And those will continue to look for loopholes, look for ways of, of getting a bit of ambush marketing going, even if it's prepared to take the, the punishment afterwards. So sometimes a brand will simply say, what the hell, I'm going to have a go, and I know I'll get reprimanded, and maybe I'll get... Uh, a fine or something, but I think it's worth it because of the publicity it may generate. Uh, and, uh, you know, there, I'm, I'm sure there are good examples of ambush marketing and there are appalling examples of ambush marketing. Um, can, can you recall any good examples? I know this is sort of off the top of your head, um, but I, I'm wondering if there are any decent examples of ambush marketing where even you as a, 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 a purist in the world of advertising went, oh, well played, you sneaky blighters. <laughs> well, you, you touched on a, a category which is often uh, used for uh, guerrilla or ambush marketing, and that is events um, where you, you find that uh, one of the sponsors 
has secured as part of the sponsorship deal uh, exclusivity in that particular category at the event or at the show, whatever. And uh, that's that's quite common. I think now with the kind of money that's at stake, uh, if you just look at the at the Tokyo Olympics and the amount of sponsorship money that's already gone in there, then I think people are taking a higher risk as a result um, if they do try and, and bend the rules. But there was one classic one I remember from some years back, which was an outdoor event um, sponsored by uh, Kodak, I think, the photographic company, and um, uh, Fuji, the <laughs> Japanese competitor, and managed to get hold of one of those massive great blimps and slowly trundled over the uh, over the venue above the venue uh, while Kodak were trying to uh, do their sponsorship deal and uh, the, the, what made it worse was that the master of ceremonies who was doing a live commentary on the whole event I think it might have been a, a sports event I can't remember but he saw this blimp coming and Lord knows what possessed him to do so but he said for heaven's sake everybody don't look up and uh, of course, that was that was a, a certain way to make sure that even those who weren't planning to look up did so. And uh, that was a fine piece of, of uh, ambush marketing. I mean, and you could say it was a, a Kodak moment. Nobody says it's a Fuji moment, do you? So, um, <laughs> and ultimately, I, I guess it failed. Well, it failed for both of them um, because film isn't such a big thing anymore. But yes, uh, ultimately, uh, we still refer to Kodak moments. Well, some of us do. Uh, anyway, talk to me about um, the Zero this week. We usually go to Heroes first, but I think the Zero deserves um, coverage. As we are talking about guerrilla marketing and um, sort of uh, t taking control of other people's brands or at least trying to do so. How did your particular observation get this one completely wrong? Well, um, it was sent to me by Roberto Cullio, who seems to be a regular listener to the program. He is a regular listener. He's an economics student. I think it fits if memory serves. He, he makes valuable contributions all the time. And I'm delighted that he is um, in contact with you, Andy, because um, he's an interesting guy with lots of interesting perspectives. So good. Well, he seems to be based out uh, Bedford View Way, and uh, he spotted a poster attached to what looks like a piece of scaffolding, but maybe a, a telegraph cable, I'm not sure telegraph pole um and and it, this thing looks like it's been uh written on a folded out cardboard box sort of thing that perhaps gets gets used for posters at demonstrations um and it says it's only got six or seven words on it it's got the logo of the advertiser which i'll reveal in a second and then it says calling all virgins from neighboring planets uh, yes, and then, well, it doesn't say anything more. That's all it says. But of course, the trick is that, um, Virgin and Planets are both, and Planet Fitness are both gyms, as we know well. And, um, their logo, this poster shows their logo in the distinctive font that each of them uses. So where it says calling all virgins, there's that familiar red V of virgins from neighboring planets, a rather less distinctive, uh, identity. But nevertheless, when you see it, you, you do think about Planet Fitness. And this is from an, a new gym being launched, presumably in that neck of the woods, because they certainly didn't do any big budget stuff. Um, it, it fails for me because it, it, completely overlooks what on earth you do. Uh, it says calling, but it doesn't give you any number to call, any any um, uh, domain to go to, or any uh, positive action at all. And on top of that, it's one of the scruffiest looking posters I've seen for a long time. So um, unless, there's a sec unless there's a series of them, which perhaps Roberto missed, but I'm sure he didn't because of his normal diligence. But if there had been three or four in a row, then maybe the story could have 
have been amplified one by one. But either way, the implementation is is dreadful. And um, uh, there's, a, there's a phrase that I, I used a number of times, uh, which I still think is relevant, which is to say that um, a strategy without implementation is a daydream. Implementation without strategy is a nightmare. And this fails on both grounds. It's a, it's a oh. strategic um, disaster because it gives no reason for a third brand of gyms to be around. And uh, its implementation, as I say, is, is, uh, is, is amateurish in the extreme. Oh, it, it's a pity because I think somebody had a nice idea, but then you know, <laughs> was, wasn't particularly gifted at the old uh, desktop publishing, which was a pity. Now, your hero, I saw you sent me a, well, a, a, a video of the hero, and I hadn't seen this advert before, and I was chortling to myself quite loudly. Before I, I get into your chortling, Bruce, I just want to mention I don't think I actually named the zero, which we can't get away with. It's actually a brand called Body Action Gym, or at least it must be a new outlet, I think. So I just wanted to make sure that we didn't uh, deny them the, 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 the moment in the moment sun. On, the moment in the sun. The under, yep. So let's go back to chortling. And what you chortled at was a television uh, commercial for vital health foods. And that's a difficult area to advertise in because there are certain uh, imposed regulations on health foods, on supplements, on uh, OTC medicines, that whole area. And uh, Vital are a big player, a big family company, goes back uh, to just after the Second World War. And they really do dominate in, in that field. And they have, like most of the companies in that category, a wide range of products. And it must have been tempting, and I'm sure they do it elsewhere, to run very product-specific advertising like most of their competitors do. This stuff for heartburn, this stuff for a cough, this stuff for a cold, whatever it may be. Um, but Vital in this particular case have simply decided to run a corporate ad which they're using to convey the attitude and the modernity and, in particular, the zest for life that their products are associated with. And it's a television commercial. It's only 30 seconds. It opens on a uh, pair of high heels, uh, shoes, and, and stockings starting to walk slowly across an open floor. And as the camera pulls back, you see it, it's a, a really elegant, striking young woman in uh, walking across the floor of a warehouse, the kind of warehouse that, that uh, a Unilever or a breweries might have packed with, with uh, racks and product and forklift trucks. And this very smart lady, looks like she's just come from a cocktail party, uh, is walking slowly across the warehouse floor. And as she reaches a forklift truck, she jumps in and then proceeds to do a whole series of uh, Max Verstappen-type maneuvers, reverse sweeps, spinning, uh, racing starts and, and just squealing her tires all around the warehouse, which of course alerts the security man who rushes out to find this woman doing some ludicrous maneuver in a forklift truck. And, uh, and then she stops and hops and walks off with a big smile on her face. And indeed, by then, the security guy is smiling as well. So it's just a nice celebration of life. So it's something we need, perhaps, at the moment, and a celebration of energy and, and, and zest uh, that, that Vital 
health foods can. Uh, I, 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 I was wondering, because I, I like to, to, to wonder. Um, in between chortling, I wonder. Um, and and I, I was really, I admired the prowess of the forklift. I've never seen a forklift move like it. They usually are, are very sedate little things. And I was very distracted from the messaging. And I, it's all went full circle. Eventually, went, oh, okay. Everybody's very energized and very healthy and fabulous and, and nimble as a result of vital health foods. And, um, and, and you kind of, I was wondering if it wasn't quite high risk from that perspective in terms of staying on message. Well, Bruce, do you think uh, you were doing too much chortling and not enough concentrating? I'm not sure. Well, if they're going to make um, adverts at which I must chortle, then I can't possibly do two things at once because that's called multitasking, Andy, and you know (laughs) it's not a strong suit. (laughs) Well, I'm sure the advertisement will get quite a lot of coverage, and it probably uh, would take um, a little bit of uh, time to to sink properly in. But it, 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 it carries a few other little messages just to complicate your life, you know, about perhaps it's a, it's a subliminal uh, observation about no female stereotypes oh, yeah. and uh, why, why should driving forklift trucks be perceived as a male thing. Um, I'm waiting for the first complaint to the advertising <laughs> uh, regulator board that this is a dangerous procedure <laughs> in, in South Africa will try and imitate it. But mm. um, no, I, I take your point. But that's, that's good. One mustn't be too brash and, and throw in the message in the first five seconds. Far better for it to appear in the last five seconds once you've been warmed up and, and prepared for it. Andy Rice with Heroes and Zeros on a Tuesday night.